Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about strategy games. Before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what we do on this podcast. On this podcast, we like to talk about games. You know, it's pretty uh, it's pretty simple, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, typically, this is where we talk about the games that we most recently played, but because of scheduling kerfuffles... Uh, we are actually recording this the day after we recorded last well, week's podcast. We, we have Shadowrun. We had Shadowrun. Oh, right. Yes, we played Shadowrun, and we played in Shadowrun. Uh, I don't really remember what happened because I didn't actually get to do anything. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think for the for the future, we're going to need to figure out the the Matrix rules better for uh, – uh, for for Mark and and uh, and Riff, whenever Riff shows up again, um, but uh, essentially we we went and we protected a smuggler from a uh, um from some thugs, and uh, effectively most of what was happened most of what happened is the uh, the Matrix users abused the Matrix rules, <laughs> while, while the rest of the party. Uh, slowly crawled towards towards the enemies. Yeah, I mean this this was the pro. I, so there's a couple of pieces to this. The first half of it is Mark went first in the initiative and he glitched, which alerted the enemies, which threw us into initiative before anyone was prepared to be in initiative. So me and Enoch had to spend all of these early turns just getting in range to do something. Um, meanwhile, you and Mark were able to jack in and had multiple matrix initiative turns. So even, even, so first of all, our movements on the turn or our, our turns on the like turn order were just, I move eight squares and then pass my turn. And then we got one move for every, you know, six of the two, you know, between you guys. Um, and then on top of the fact that we're still learning the system, Nick isn't the most expedient. Uh, we caught, caught to a situation where I like rolled two attacks before the the whole thing kind of uh, was over. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, the 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 mark going first thing kind of hurt me too. I had to like roll under a train platform, but you know, the wireless thing works out for for me. But um, I definitely I don't know how I feel about the movement rules. Yeah, I so think much. they're pretty punishing overall. Yeah, like, I can't, like, you know, my, my character has an agility of one as kind of like a, like a, you know, like, oh, I can dump something. It's like, I can move one square per turn, maybe oh, two. Wow, holy shit. Well, I'll get one square per turn for free, and then two on a complex, and then a sprint's gonna fail, so it's not like it's worth anything. Yeah, wow, uh, did you, that's, uh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And so, like, you know, if, if you guys didn't have high agilities, I can't imagine. I, to be honest, I, su- I powered up my agility once I found that out. Because uh, I, I had my 25 karma from my disadvantages that I just never pu- put in anything. And after the first session, once I realized what the movement speed were, I pumped that up to three so that I would have more, you know, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the, those... Those movement scores are super, super, but like, like in uh, in what's it in um, in like Pathfinder was our our favorite game. Like you know, even if you're a shitty like an agile thing in heavy armor, you still generally get like four squares. Yeah, and I think that's pretty reasonable. Also, you don't have you like, I think highly variable movement speeds are 
not great for the game. Like, you have people that go up to about 40-ish, right? And people that go down to about 20. But that's still a pretty co- like a, a pretty uh, concentrated, like, lane right. of movement speeds uh, compared to Path... Or compared to Shadowrun where, I mean... It goes it the, the 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 movement speed is obviously like varied between what twelve and you know twelve and one or whatever at the, at highest levels of play that's crazy um, yeah I don't know also the map was enormous yeah that's also true uh, I think if we had better time to kind of prepare ourselves what we really should have done is and this is the, the, like this is kind of our strategy fault what we really should have done is position ourselves accordingly before even letting mark do anything like that just so that we yeah. could you know yeah yeah and and you know it's not like it would have been a problem if if it uh if he hadn't glitched so i guess i guess that's probably just kind of like you know new system aren't used to the, the quirks yet type of deal yeah, I think that's a yeah, I think that's a bit of it. But anyway, I guess that was uh, was Shadowrun. I don't know. Have you played any more? Did you play any more video games? Oh, we played some League yesterday. We played well, some we League. Playing League. <laughs> yeah, old Nick, you, you you play the farmiest Shen I have ever seen anyone play. The farmiest Shen. Yeah, what like you, what do you mean by that? Like you 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 took a hoe and went to a lane and just planted some crops for like thirty minutes. <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, I yeah okay. I, I mean guess. you know like I was actively involved. In the, you know I, I was playing the carry that game, and you know I was actively like doing my job as the carry or so I thought. And like you know for a while I was ahead of you, but in the game you had like fifty more CS than me. It's just like what are you doing? <laughs> like what? I, I no, and you didn't play it poorly. You didn't play it. No, poorly. I know. I understand. Uh, I that's probably true. I am a very CS focused player. I think. Uh, I'm a big believer that CS is the way to win games, um, especially you know like I don't know like at the, at the uh, it's one of those things where it's like if you're bad at the game they tell you to CS and I think that it's like really wise and so I spent a lot of time getting very good at CSing and I guess that has transitioned to my top lane tank play yeah I I'm just looking up the stats now I had 264 CS to you your 216 though you were ahead of me at the time. Uh, or like early game, like yeah, in yeah. Early game, I was uh, I was behind. Well, part part of that was 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 my support with his dedicated uh, rune thing. But yeah, no, no, you're like I said, it's, it's not it's not a particular knock on you. It's just that it's like holy shit. You... <laughs> yeah, uh, although the, the Shen worked out, you saved my ass quite a couple of times. Quite I do. Times. I really enjoy this new Shen. A bunch of my friends have been. Uh, I have some friends who play the old Shen, who like played a ton of the old Shen, and they got kind of bent out of shape when the changes were announced and the changes came through, and they're like, "Oh, you know, Shen is garbage now." But I actually think that he's better now. Um, because you can proc your the, – the, the proc on the shield um, of your passive is so good. It's so good. Uh, late game, you just get shields constantly, and they have to chew through an extra, like, 1,000 HP worth of shields in order to kill you. Uh, and I think that, you know, maneuvering, maneuvering Shen into kind of this hyper tank – zone at the expense of the fact that he can just sit there and like throw cues with no you know with no issue um early like early game i think is totally fine 
Yeah, I think I agree. Like, I, I haven't played a ton of the new Shin, but I, I liked him about as much as I liked the old one. You know, is, is the the big thing is like having map where it is using your ult well. And that that's still there. So I, I think I think the the soul of that champion is still there. I I enjoyed it very much. But uh, but yeah, League of Legends patch notes dropped today. There's some nerfs coming. There's some buffs coming. But uh, we're not going to talk about League of Legends. We're not going to talk about League of Legends. We're talking about strategy games because we fumble for ideas on episodes sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, <laughs> we, we both do very much love strategy games. It's uh, true. That is that is true. Um, honestly, I think strategy. I've always built myself as like a hardcore RPG lover because they tend to be the most story focused, character focused. Uh, but I actually think strategy games might be like my secret favorite uh, in the sense that, you know, there's a lot of RPGs I don't like, but man, just good strategy. Ugh, I it, it's tough. I really, really like strategy games, uh, and I play lots of them. All of my most played games in my Steam library are basically entirely strategy games. They also lend themselves to that type of like play style of like you know multi hundred hour. Yeah, that's definitely that's 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 yep, that's definitely true. Um, Honestly, uh, I see. I'm not really sure where to like where exactly to start this because the reason we started talking about this was because yesterday on the cast I said something when we were recording the cast because we were recording it yesterday inside baseball. Um, yesterday on uh, uh, on the cast last week on the cast I said that certain strategy games just like you know it's it's a grapple hook right and it just like sinks into me and pulls me in and I can't I just can't get the fuck out of them but certain other ones I just you know. Five hours, six hours, yeah, you know, yeah, this is, it's enough. I'm good. Um, and I have a tough time kind of interrogating why that's the case. Because uh, even as I look in my Steam library and I, and I, you know, uh, my Europa Universalis 160-hour playtime or my Civilization uh, 5 220-hour playtime um for you know for like each one of those uh or you know like my total war rome is 136 my total war till is 30 hours for each one of those i have endless legend and endless space endless space which has what uh 37 minutes endless legend six hours in total um i've got games that are like you know uh the age of empires games which i bought I bought because I remember them being really good, but I, you know, I've played five minutes of Age of Empires 2, and I've played 35 minutes of Age of Empires 3, um, and so I, I don't have a good, I don't really have a good sense of why that's necessarily the case. Is that, is that a, is that an experience that, like, you feel when you think um, about strategy games? So I, I think on, like, the, on the, on the, like, the, the most surface levels, you just, just kind of jumped out at me when you said it, it's like, for me... Like like Age of Empires is a real time strategy game. I'm a big turn based guy, and then and the Paradox games are, relative, are are slow enough that I can get behind them. But I do definitely know what you mean. Like, um, Sins of a Solar Empire is another very very slow game that I always want to love and always try and get into. It's just like, eh. Whereas like with something like Crusader Kings or Europa Universalis, my mouth works. I just totally totally in there. Um, and like, I, I, I'm interested in kind of maybe digging into 
why you don't like uh why you don't like Crusader Kings versus European Brawls is because I love uh I love uh uh Crusader Kings. But uh, on uh, just just from that kind of surface level, do you think that the real time strategy like the real time strategy thing, how do you feel about that versus like turn based games versus like the the the, the slower real time strategy games? Um I have a couple of feelings. Uh, where do I want to start? Okay, so I have a couple of feelings about this. I've also got, you know, tons and tons of hours in StarCraft and StarCraft 2, uh, which I both think are, which I think are both, you know, obviously really good strategy games, really good real-time strategy games. I, I don't think I have to, you know, I don't have to prove that to anybody kind of thing. Um, I think when it comes to... <coughs> excuse me uh when it comes to real-time strategy versus turn-based strategy there's something of um real-time strategy wants the the time factor of it means all of a sudden efficiency uh like time efficiency is a really big important thing right if I, if someone could pause, if I could pause StarCraft 2 and I could issue all of my, like in Europe Universalis, I could issue all of my orders in a, in a, you know what I mean? I could micro by pausing the game, you know, going back and forth between pausing the game and unpausing the game in order to get my micro done. Um, it would be a really different game. And the game is very much designed around the tension of you have more resources you 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 are constantly in taking resources you have a lot of different units that require varying amounts of attention and you're going to need to micro them in different ways and so having that focus on efficiency in real time strategy games makes a lot of sense to me and i think it's the fundamental of like tension that that like that tension of can I be fast enough in the moment is a lot of the hook when it comes to real-time strategy games. Turn-based strategy games, on the other hand, are, you know, the the tension is a lot more about the decision-making uh, that, you know, like, can I, uh, you know, can I siege down this city before they get reinforcements, right? Um, can I block their path to my archers? Can I, you know, like all of those kinds of deci- decision things. And I think that this is kind of what leads to, you know, like save scumming kind of stuff. It's what leads to um, the 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 uh, hyper kind of cautious play of something like Europa Universalis, of something like Civilization V. And to a certain extent, and that tension is still there, it's just there in a different form, right? Because, you know, one of my greatest experiences with Civilization, which is honestly from a version of Civilization called Civilization Call to Power, which is kind of a modification. Basically, Civilization was owned by Activision before it was owned by 2K Games, and the all of the designers left but they still had the license for a little bit so they turned out one more entry in the series which has just happened to be my first uh entry into civilization but i was playing a civilization game where um i was you know it was me and there was another empire and they were they were really strong and everything like that and i was going to make this sneak attack right i had all of these transports filled with all of these troops sitting just outside of their you know outside of their base and there's a lot of tension to that 
you know, that planning and that, you know, like how many turns can I like run this out before they declare war on me or before something unexpected happens, right? And that tension isn't a tension of am I fast enough? Am I good enough? The fog of war, uh, you know, like surprising me in the moment. That tension is of like the anticipation and building to the moment. And so in a certain sense, I think real-time strategy and turn-based strategy are almost too they're they're the the they're wider genres than we give them credit for i think i think i agree with that and i think that like actually something like like crusader kings which is which is technically a real stripe strategy game or, or your, you know any of the paradox games technically real type strategy games but they're pausable and they move at such a slow pace that even if they're not like you're not it's it's rarely it it shouldn't be the time that's causing your uh your decision making woes it's 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 your decision you know it the tension is supposed to be in the decisions. If, if right. That makes and there sense. and there are definitely and there's like there is that there there is a tension there that's also tough to just like you know, when you send your full stack, because a lot of this is kind of based on roles and RNG math kind of stuff, right? Um the tension I think of like sending your army into that battle and watching it, you're just like you can't do anything, right? You're just watching it go and hoping for the best. Um, that is, uh, that's a, I don't know, that's a real thing. That's a big thing uh, that, I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's kind of the same phenomenon as doing it in StarCraft, but in StarCraft you have so much more control over it, right? I think to a, cer- to a certain extent the hands-off nature of, you know, pressing the end turn and just hoping to God that the enemy doesn't make, you know, like, whatever incredible strategic decision is... Or cheat. Or, uh. Yeah, or cheat. Oh, uh, are, are, do you want to get into cheating? <laughs> no, I just... It's a very common thing in the turn-based but. The civilization games are the most guilty of this forever, you know, of AI AI cheats to be better because it can't be smarter. Uh, yeah, that, that's just a pet peeve. Anyway, did you? I didn't want to interrupt your your your. Big... No, that that is the that is the end of my. Uh, I don't know that's the end of my point. I guess. Yeah, no, it's like uh, it's kind of continue on to the 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 real time versus multiplayer thing like i've never exited a a like a starcraft match and been like you know that person outsmarted me it was like that person out clicked me most of the time or that person out cheesed me or did you know whereas um i have i have played several very long civilization four and five multiplayer games and actually the first game i ever played really showed me like how to how to play that game I'm going to call it right, but really how to optimize that game and how to, like, get everything done. Because I was playing with one of our friends, uh, a man named uh, Danny Kaplan. Uh, brilliant, brilliant strategist. Never afraid to stick a dagger in your back if you ever played Diplomacy with oh, him. Oh, jeez. I have played Diplomacy with him. Though I, yeah. I I never allowed him the opportunity to stick a dagger in my back. Yeah, but he... The first time we played Civ Four, it was, it was, a, it was, it was me, our friend Ben, and Danny... And Ben and I were just kind of like the single player players that were like, "Oh boy, multiplayer will be it'll be so much fun." And then um at one point we all like we're, we're sitting in his in 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 our, our friend Danny's room and taking the turns and we're kind of like watching what we, each other is doing and you know, it's like Ben and I would take like 5 like 2 to 5 minutes a turn and Danny would take like 15. We're like, well, "What is he doing?" It's like 
you micromanage every single square and you make sure that you have the most hammers possible and you like switch your policies like this and then if you use slaves you can rush this and you can beat the enemy out to everything and then he trounced the fuck out of us um and i don't know maybe maybe this is a this is kind of like a, a weird thing with the genre where like you know, he probably had us beat by turn 25, but we didn't really realize it until turn 200 type of th- type of deal. You know, you ever you ever get that feeling? I get that feeling uh, as a I, I, CGP Gray had a video where he said something very minor, like he was making a reference to it where he said, the game of civilization has nothing to do with the players and everything to do with the map. And I definitely feel that um, because I have I feel like I have won and lost more games off of clever or shitty city placement uh way way more than i have off of like um i don't know you know like like war wartime strategy ish plays right sure sure i think uh, the, the thing i was trying to get more to or like hit more on was that like the consequences of your actions won't immediately come back to to bite you in the ass, but it will, it will, you know, down the line be very apparent that that's what fucked you in the ass. Um, it's just that it, it'll take a long while for, for it to eventually kill you too. Just- yeah, sure. That, that's a little bit of what I mean, right? Like at the end of the day, I feel like I win and lose wars because I placed cities in the right okay, places I see what you're saying. and I got the hammers, you know what I mean? And so like, it has less to do with the fact that I positioned my archers correctly and more to do with the fact that, you know, at the at the core of it, I had five, you know, really power producing cities that, that just was able to wreck this guy um and that's not universally true there have definitely been times you know i think everybody who's played civilization has been in this in like this scenario before where like you hit your unique unit in the in the in the context of like i'm playing japan and i get my samurai and i just go on like a brutal fucking rampage and i just conquer like the map based on that right and that that isn't a city you know what i mean like that isn't this city's thing um that does have a lot to do with strategy and i'm sure plenty of people have done that thing where like you know one unit holding out has has kind of uh uh has turned a war around or stopped a counteroffensive. Um, but by and large, I think at the end of the day, most of civilization is decided by, you know, did you place, did you place cities correctly? Yes, no. Like, okay, wow. Well, huh. you, you boiled civilization down to one mechanic very, very quickly. Do you think it's less like, this, that's one of the games you said you've got like hundreds of hours in, right? Yeah, S- it's probably, I think it's my most played game Had 222 hours. Huh. How many hours do I? I'm actually curious now. How many hours I have? I probably have less than you. Sid Meier, Civilization Five. I have 172. I play a lot well, of games. Uh, to be honest, when it comes to Civilization, Civilization is another is another one of those games that I like to play with like Netflix on in the background. Um, uh, I see. Because you can, ju- you know what I mean? Like when nope. when Superman fights General Zod, and I just want to watch the fight scene, I can just. I can just watch it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to... Uh, there, there's it, it, it is never, like, pressed for my attention kind of thing. Yep. Um, but also, I play on... I pl- I've played... I've completed a marathon game, which was honestly brutal. But I play Epic is my is my timetable of choice. Um, uh, so, I just... It, yeah, yeah, in my old age, I have 
stopped caring. Like like you know, like he said, civilization cheats terribly. I, yeah, I find the AI terribly boring. So I usually only play with people, and you can't play anything besides quick with other people. Otherwise, it just takes an infinite amount of time. Yeah, it definitely does take fucking infinity. Um, it's actually funny because I do think the difference between like the difference between marathon epic and uh, uh, you know standard and and quick is staggering because people you know people don't think about it right like a lot of stuff scales and that's and that's just fine right uh the 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 amount of turns it takes to make a granary is going to scale between them so it takes roughly the same amount just like you know percentage wise or or kind of like ratio wise but the only thing that does not scale in that game are units and like movement right so on marathon when you it takes 20 turns to craft a tank Right. But it still only takes, you know, four turns to 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 lose it. And it still can move two turns. You know what I mean? Like it can do all of these kinds of things. So you're very, very invested in placement uh, of troops in in uh, kind of uh, making sure that you don't let that, you know, like you don't let that tank die. You don't let your army get flanked, like all of these kinds of things, because it can really spell doom very quickly. And you just don't have the timing to, uh, to react to that. Um, yeah. I don't know. No, that's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, um, just out of curiosity, do you know how, how much you've played, uh, the, uh, what is, what is it? Beyond, beyond the, st- well, I can't even remember. Beyond Earth. Name. Beyond I Earth, 16, yeah. I have 16 hours on Beyond Earth. Similarly, I have 12. I, uh, You know, honestly, I like Beyond Earth. I think Beyond Earth gets a little bit of a, uh, a bad rap. I think I bought the expansion for it. Uh, I did, too. I just kind of haven't gotten around to playing it. Um, though I feel you about when it comes to... Uh, uh, do, you want to, do you want to unpack that this AI thing more? Because I, I am also in a similar place where, like, the AI is kind of make or break in almost all of these kinds of strategy games. Yeah, well, so, so at least in, particularly in, in like, so I have I have not had these problems with with the paradox games, which are which are the the other big set of games we're talking about, right? We, I'm sure we could mention other games, but I think I think the two big sets of games we're talking about here is the civilization games and the paradox games. Yeah, you agree? yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and I, I have I would had... to be honest, I would lump in creative assembly games there. Oh, um, sure. That, I, oh, ooh, I, that's the... uh, that's a. Th- <clears throat> that feels like a third third set to me. I, it is it is a third set. I just mean in the sense of games from developers that I love. Uh, I I all of the, the Total War games on Attila. I have thirty hours. Rome. I have a hundred. Rome two. I have one hundred and thirty six. Shogun two. I have sixty hours. So you know, like all of the the, the formula for Total War clearly works for me in the same way that uh, you know Civilization and Europa Universalis really work for me. Oh no, I, I, absolutely. I I think I have how much do I have on Shogun? Because that's the one I played the most. I've got forty eight hours on Shogun. I've got thirty four hours on Rome two and uh, fifteen minutes on Attila. Um, just because I never really got a chance to dive into that game, but um. Uh, I think this, this 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 kind of problem of plagues all of the games, but in, in particular, it plagues the civilization games. In that, the the AIs are not smart enough to make good decisions, um, or to make clever decisions, or to do super crazy things, to do smart things. And so, instead, when you up the difficulty or 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 something like that, the 
game literally makes them cheat. Um, or doesn't make them cheat, just gives them gives them extra resources out of pocket, gives them extra happiness, gives them essentially impossible scenarios so that the AI isn't beating you on, say, like, outplaying you. It's literally just playing the same way but has way, way more access to... to it, like, it's basically... it's. It, <laughs> You know, I what I want from the game is for the two of us to be on like equal footing. But what the what the difficulty like rating in uh, some of these games is is just whether or not you start in a giant hole or on top of a hill, right? Like, I just that that's all that it feels like to me. Um, I think the AI in Europa uh, and the Paradox games in general uh, is better. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Seven, I have I have a similar phenomenon in both where uh, honestly I have a similar phenomenon in all three games when it comes to AI where the AI is competitive for, in a mid game sense um, early game they're okay they're not super aggressive but they're doing their job uh, mid game I'm I'm contending with the you know what I mean I'm I'm fighting the AI they're making. Uh, not necessarily great decisions, not necessarily bad decisions, but it is, it you know, it's competitive. And then eventually I kind of like break through that threshold where I just yeah. become, where all of a sudden now I'm super powerful and I basically have the entire game on, on lock because the AI, the AI can't come back. Um, that, that has a million percent happened to me in a lot of these games. I have, I have not finished a lot of games just from that phenomenon alone. Uh, I tend to get kind of just bored at that standpoint once I break through the uh, once I break through that wall. Um, though honestly, like a lot of this is also kind of I make stupid decisions almost on purpose sometimes. Like I'll I'll take I'll make big risky plays um, and just kind of like hope that it works out. You know, declare war against the bigger sieve um, or the you know the stronger nation in total war or something along those lines or I'll take you know like I'll make a I'll make a risky play in Europa and just hope they don't like backdoor you know my capital kind of things um, with kind of this unspoken agreement with myself that like yeah you know these things could not work out and I could you know and if that happens I'm not gonna save scope but I'm just gonna have to kind of deal with that um, and that is. So that kind of mitigates it a little bit, huh? <clears throat> See, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever gotten to that point. I definitely never gotten to that point in Crusader Kings two. Um, got through that kind of like breakthrough point. I think I might have kind of sort of gotten to there in EU once, but I, I'm not sure because I, I just I, I left that game on the table at some point just because I didn't have enough time to do all play all the games because there are too many games to play forever, but um. But yeah, I, def I definitely know what you mean, um, and I definitely think that that's a very good point. I think that the Civilization games are much worse um, ab about that. Like, I never feel like I'm I'm losing a Civilization game. Um, and I guess mostly because I know that it's just full cheat scaling that I, I just have trouble. I, I have trouble playing on, playing on any of the harder difficulties with any seriousness. Um but uh, we'll see. Yeah, hmm. see, because I've gotten I've gotten that break point in, in Europa Universalis, but Europa Universalis kind of masks that because there are so many different ways to 
kind of come out ahead in that game to like really like beat that game. Uh, my favorite, I play a lot of Spain, like Castile into Spain. Um, honestly, just because this my hair, like I don't, it's my heritage. I don't know why, but I like that. Um, where I play Spain <clears throat> and I go very, uh, and so you know the first time I played Spain, <clears throat> I did okay. Uh, there's some kind of weird rules about how stuff like this works around. And some of the systems, you know, even though I am ridiculously powerful, I am so much stronger than Portugal. I can't, you know, I can't beat out Portugal because uh, um, yeah, of how their colony systems work. Basically, if, if, a, if a nation has colonies, you have to take the colonies too in order to completely wipe out the nation entirely. So you, got, you get into these weird situations where like you are forced by the systems to be competitive with underpowered nations, um, which is kind of like its own thing. But then I've had playthroughs of Castile where I figured out my shit, which is basically you fuck over – you just fuck over Portugal instantly before they can get their colonies off the ground. Um, and that game was, like, the most once... I, I mean, I literally took over the world just because I took all the colonies ever. Uh, because I... You, the only person who's... The only person who is competitive with colonies early game is Portugal. And I did... I locked them down instantly and I didn't get bogged down in bullshit in, uh, you know, like Morocco and stuff like that, which is what the game kind of like, it's almost like a noob trap. Cause they give you those little quests that are like, Oh, you should fucking reconquista Granada. And I'm just like, nah, fuck it. Like I have to, I have to go get Brazil. Um, I don't know. Those games are satisfying. Those games are satisfying. And uh, I think they I think- get, they get boring to a certain point. It, it, like to a certain place. I, I think also in terms of difficulty, I think that uh, they also get that. Like uh, the the paradox games in particular also get there, um, based on the ability to play a a much like, like you can go play Iceland in Crusader Kings too. I don't recommend it. I tried it for about an hour and I couldn't even like fabricate a claim anywhere. But like you you could go play like one of these tiny nations somewhere around the world and like. Give yourself a really disadvantaged start because that's like what the 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 his, the, his, the the historical set was. I think that's a lot of fun too. Just playing something that you don't expect to do great with, um, making that into a challenge, and that does feel like a real challenge. It feels like an organic challenge rather than just like a cheating challenge. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I've definitely had that happen uh, in Europe Universalis because because you can play as, you know, fucking anybody, right? Like, yeah, when you play as one of these tiny little city-states, one of the things that makes the game good about it is it, you know, like the, the rivals system um, where it, you know, it makes sure that you are focused on your... Um, on people your your skill level right like or like your power level in game right. right so i'm playing you know if i'm playing venice and i only have yeah, venice is actually a bad example of this if i'm playing milan and i only have two provinces my rival is never going to be france right because france has 50 provinces my rival is always going to be you know, Urbino, which is right next to me and also has one. And I can build my way up to that France, and that's fun, and that's exciting. Uh, I've played a Germany playthrough uh, where that kind of thing happens, and it is, you know, it, it is very much like start with one, 
you get two, you're doing your, like, making your diplomacy work for you kind of thing, um, and eventually you build yourself into Germany, and at, you know, it's 17, all of a sudden it's 1700, and you're the, the most powerful, uh, the most powerful nation in the game, um, I don't know, Civ doesn't have that luxury, I feel like, yeah, because, because you all start basically in the same spot, and, and, um, you know, Europa Universalis, because not every start is the, you know, not every start is the same. The world is not built of these weird contexts of, you know, uh, the Italian city-states or electors in the Holy Roman Empire. You don't, you don't get that, uh, you don't get that same feeling, I guess. Yeah. I think something else is that, like, the random, like, so... It's going to sound weird, but the randomness and the randomness of the events in Crusader Kings and Europa, Universal, Europa Universalis the sound or like feels much better to me at least than the randomness in uh in um uh in in civilization, right? Like civilization it's like did you happen to border next to like Montezuma? Did you you know find a ruin that gave you a free tech early? Um did you get enough hammers to beat whoever else is working on it to the library of uh um what is the library of the 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 early level wonder that gives you a free tech those kinds of like milestones and like also because civ is such a thoroughly played game and such a thoroughly played game with such like kind of like deterministic outputs like the ideal routes for that game are very well set whereas i feel like it's much more flexible in crusader kings to just kind of like get in and monkey around and try something it's like hey I procked an event or like, hey, my hair is an idiot or, hey, my hair is really great. Maybe I should, you know, make sure he doesn't get like eaten or something, you know, like all, all, all that kind of stuff. And I think that that really scratches that itch very well. Whereas um, I think with, with, with part of the, the, the idealization with Civ is because everybody's kind of on that even footing for something like a multi-human player experience, um, it feels more like you're, you're competing against in completely fair conditions there whereas the very little bit of 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 uh multiplayer uh ck2 i've played um felt kind of like well you know a lot of a lot of what's happening is out of my hands um and like because you need to start far enough away from somebody that it's not like well we're either in this like like you you either have to decide the beginning for 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 ck2 at least i feel to either be allied with the other human player um or 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 uh, enemies with them if you're right next to each other, like if you're playing the two brothers, in, right, uh, right, two of the yeah. three brothers in, in Spain, um, which is, which is funnily enough your favorite your favorite start in EU is Spain, and my favorite start in CK two is is one of the three brothers in Spain, um, uh, and so you want to put so you want to put that distance there that way you can you can like let that relationship develop organically, but it takes just forever for anything to happen at that point, and so I, I think that. I think that civilization for that for that difficulty flaw is actually a lot a lot more a lot better for for a multiplayer experience. I definitely agree with that. I think that uh, I I haven't really played many of these games multiplayer wise. Um, I've played multiplayer Europa Universalis where uh, I and yeah I, I played it with my girlfriend. You know where she played you know like England and I played or no she actually played. I think it was uh, Austria, and I played Spain, and so she was very much as part of this, 
Yeah, I don't, you know, like, as part of this, like, inner conflict on the European continent while I was doing all of this, you know, crazy colonization bullshit um, all over the place. And so, you know, we've had plenty of fun doing that. Uh, we also did one where we did England and France. Um, that was also super awesome. And a lot of these, and a lot of these, these kind of come down to, like, you and the, you, like, the humans versus the world kind of thing, right? Like, where you and the, the other human player are just, like, doing everything you possibly can to beat off all of the fucking AIs who just, like, inevitably, inevitably hate you. Um, yeah, you would beat same, off the AIs. <clears throat> I would. I do. That's my, that's my fetish. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the same thing is definitely true of Civilization, though. I think Civilization allows for more competitive games than yes. Europa. Yeah, I think I, w- really I would never feel like that. a Europa game could could be yeah, a truly par- competitive. A paradox game you're playing to have a time, not to not to like be like, oh, oh my France is better than your, your, your fucking England, you fuck. Um whereas you could definitely do like I I've, I've seen exactly that scenario happen in uh in civilization where it's just kinda like, uh, uh I'm gonna fucking beat your ass, you know we play this get you know like and it feels better that way i think um yeah i think that's uh, that's true um i've i've never played i've played total war actually once with uh in multiplayer i played with barry where it was the same kind of thing it was him and i versus kind of the world um we played shogun together and that was also pretty fun pretty interesting i imagine that's how we're gonna play warhammer when it comes out uh, because I kind of feel like it's in the same spot. I don't know. I guess it could be competitive. I feel like it's competitive on the battle level, not very competitive on the campaign map level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, also, I, th- I think for Warhammer, I think that it's going to be a lot... Like, this is actually something I'm actually kind of... Uh, I hesitate to say worried, but I'm, I'm concerned, a little bit concerned about for the game as a whole is that it seems to be very, very, very easily divided up into, like, Emperor Dwarf versus... Uh, vampire counts orcs. Um, it's like I, I don't ever see like the empire and the orcs kind of like hanging out, right? Like I just don't think that's gonna oh, really? happen. I actually think that that I think that that totally could happen. I think that totally could happen. I think that that's a real thing. I I like the idea of you know the empire allying with the orcs and just kind of using them as this rabid dog, you know, like this rabid dog ally to go like run nuts or uh or or the the vampire counts and uh and empire kind of enter into you know an, an alliance of opportunity kind of thing where they are they are surrounded by one another or by by enemies and they have to band together i think those kinds of mechanics happen in all these total war all of these civilization games uh without too much trouble oh so i'm i'm particularly concerned about um about the uh about total war because it just i don't think there's enough variables in play or maybe there will be maybe i misunder or maybe i'm underestimating rather the number of like individual race racial factions but like you know one of the one of the orc leaders abilities is better relations with the undead and that's like two of the factions tied at the hip right there um and then there's the other two um which are the traditional good guys too so you know who, who knows? Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think that could happen. Uh, I just feel like the mechanics of these games allow themselves for. Yo, no, no, yeah. absolutely. I, in the in the same way that yeah, Rome and Carthage can ally in Total War Rome, even though that historically makes no goddamn sense. Kind of, you know that? Yeah, sure, sure. that happens. Um, I also think, to a certain extent, um, 
when it comes to Total War that I think, you know, like the the threat of civil wars is going to be like a bigger deal. That You know what I mean? I can see Balthazar Ghent or whatever that guy's name is allying with the vampire counts to get a leg up over, uh, you know, Karl Franz in in the Empire territories. That makes a lot of sense to me. See, I, I um, so I'm... I am almost certain that that specific example isn't going to happen. I think nameless head of non non player faction might em- enter with uh, with the vampire counts, but uh, Balthazar Gent and and uh, and uh, Carl Franz are always going to be on the same team. I think, which I think is I, like just just from what I've seen from like the demo gameplay and whatnot, I think that's that's what's going to happen. I think that's kind of like what needs to happen because the game has a more of a narrative bent than uh the other games do and you know there's obviously there's obviously not a lot of like named characters in like in uh in in shogun or or rome like there, there are some but they're not like they're not so important as to be like you know have their own storylines like they do in total uh, total warhammer um and so, like, I don't know. I see that's interesting because I think that if you were to, if you were to, if we were talking about ten games, seven out of ten would probably have Carl Franz and Balthazar Gent uh, allying, right? That makes sense. But I think that those three games where that doesn't happen are not negligible. Uh, so I think so. Th- this is I don't think it's possible in the engine for that to happen. Is what I'm saying. Just Jeez, for, wow, that would be really weird. Yeah, that 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 that's what it looks like to me. It looks the like total war games thrive on really tiny minor factions, right? It is a cornerstone of the design of these games, and it's a cornerstone, right? Uh, that mean that it has to work. It has to be there for these games to work, right? I don't think you can excise that and have these games work with just you know you can't just start the map with four people. Um, so I I don't know I feel like I feel like you have to be able to have that civil war where Balthazar and Karl Franz are both the, uh, the the thing that scares me about that not being the case is all all of the race like your lead all the leaders have the same starting points for for the player factions like you can't start as like the leader of the of the like the, the dwarves that are over on the west side of the map. That is true. Maybe maybe certain legendary lords just don't yeah. show up then. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm playing as Balthazar Gent, there just is no Carl Franz in the uh, in on the AI Empire stuff. I think that would be a mistake. But yeah. On my, uh, you know, it's if uh, that being a mistake, it's better than you know, it's better than not, and it's it's. Uh, I don't know. Man. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I am curious to see how this legendary lords aspect plays out because that's, that's actually to, to bring kind of back to more centralized things is like there's not a lot of mechanics like that that i've seen in in these type of st- grand strategy games like these kind of uber mensch units like that it almost feels almost jrpg-ish to me um which is hmm. which is weird like like uh you know like there, there's nothing like this in 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 any of the paradox games and endless legend had it uh which was neat ish uh i played a game uh called age of wonders 3 which is also pretty bad but i did sink 30 hours into it so i remember oh oh, oh i see what you're saying like like a hero yeah you know, you know what you're right i've 
they, they, these have hero units. I also think that I, I think it's a natural progression for the general units in uh, the total yes. Warhammer games, which you know total. you're just replacing the rally ability and or just total war games in general. I mean, uh, the rally ability, the 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 uh, the fear ability, right? Like with spells, yeah. right? Yeah, actually, I can't I can't believe I forgot about this. Um, this is actually a feature of one of my favorite strategy games of all time. Heroes of Might and Magic. Um, I played the shit oh, out of man, 1, I've, 2, and 3 when I was a kid. Um, I have played a couple of them. They're not as good. Ones. I, don't, I don't love them. I don't think they're great. I don't think the, they're new one, the new ones aren't great. I had fun. But 3, 3 was a game, man. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, played, I played it because uh, what I had, for, for those of you who don't know, I had Gamefly for a very long time. Like the Netflix service where you like get the uh you know like get game discs in the mail because i had a shitty computer and uh and i owned an xbox so that was how i played all these like crazy xbox games is i just game flighted every month and i churned through games um but one of the things that they had was uh like netflix instant they had free games that you could download and play on the pc and one of those games uh they, they had a whole bunch of them you know like here's might and magic so i played like you know, Heroes of Might and Magic six five years after it was released, or just whatever the timing was. Yeah, no, the late, unfortunately, later games not super super great, but um, I think that's that's actually an interesting. <coughs> excuse me. Um, thing is that uh, I think hero units really fundamentally changed the way these types of games play, and I think like the the generals are kind of that in the Total War games, but I don't think they actually go nearly that far. Like, um, it's, it's some of the more the the, the more serious like uh, general based games. Have you played a lot of these these types of games with with with, with hero led armies? Uh, not un, except for I guess Warcraft three. Right, and that's that's. I guess I guess that's yeah that's uh, not not that it's not analogous. It's just it, it's it's pretty different. But that's the closest thing I, I think I could think of to a hero-led army in that context. I mean, StarCraft has this too, to be honest. Uh, you know, you when you play StarCraft II, uh, Heart of the Swarm, for instance, you almost always have Sarah Kerrigan as a, you know, hero unit. So Yeah, so I, I, I just it's kind of thinking about it. I think it actually it, it, it's a very dangerous thing for the type of game because it ends up being kind of like a a set of RPGs rather than like, and drifts away from the, from the actual strategy elements. Um, cause I, I've played it. I played a ton of games like this. I've played, um, uh, age of wonder shadow magic. I've played, uh, here's my magic. There was, there was a Sierra game, uh, Lords of magic. I think that, that all kind of uses. Oh my God. I totally know you Lords there. I remember Lords of the realm, but I think you're mentioning, uh, yeah, it's it's uh it, it's a game. Is it, it might be. It's got like seven. It's got like seven different races, and like most of them are like elemental based. But some of them might be like. I always play as the lightning dudes because I always play as the lightning dudes. But like, it's sim- very similar hero led armies, and you try and take over the map, and you know you try and uh, hit the map. Um, and I think that you know you you'd rather try to hit the map. You, you use those units to to control the map. Um, and I think that it makes it kind of hard to divide your attention out between them. And it feels 
less strategic and more about like it, it, it's one of those teams that's much more about the exploration and grabbing like the little loot boxes scattered around the map. Um, man, that's a very different type of game, and I think I I think it it works not nearly as well as 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 these traditional games that we're kind of kind of talking about now. Man, I haven't thought about those games in a long time. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, yeah, I think it is a little bit different. I mean, when it comes to Total Warhammer, I think it's a natural progression of the. Um, I think it's a natural progression of the general system, and as long as it behaves like generals, uh, I'm fine with that. It doesn't. That doesn't bug me. Uh, yeah, I, I think the fact it's going to be limited to one or maybe two characters that have like these super big high flutin abilities will, will, will keep it relatively safe. Yeah, I, and I just don't think that, you know, at the – I like – I don't think that it will come to that point where the uh, big, big, I don't know, power of the I, – I, it's not like a general can just walk through an entire army all by himself. Right. That just – you know, like he needs an army to back him up. That army has to be there. You will fuck up – you will just fuck up your, your run if you don't – uh, like if your army dies and your general lives, well, that sucks. Your army is the important part of that aspect, and as long as that relationship is really what I mean is is intact, uh, then we're then we're solid, then we're good. Yeah. So, um, kind of uh, on on this vein, you you had said you said you said during the last cast that you that CK two never really grabbed you. Do you, you have any idea as, as to why that that is? I think it's probably that the systems never coalesced in a... I feel like the systems are a little bit too front-loaded in CK2 um, compared to what it was for me with Europa Universalis. With Europa Universalis is the most complicated game I've ever played, right? Complicated being the specific term, right? Um, where it there is so much. There's so much going on. All of these mechanics, um, all just like the so many systems, dozens and dozens of systems, but you get introduced to them in a linear, you know, like you don't just start the game and immediately have to contend with a, a thousand, you know, like a thousand systems, right? You start the game and you're wrapping your head around a couple of straightforward-ish systems and you're learning as you go and then... You know, yeah, okay, cool. As you're leveling up, oh, this is what papal influence is, right? Like, oh, this is what the electorate is when it comes to the Holy Roman Empire. This is how colonization works. Um, and, and I'm leveling up and I'm leveling up and I'm going further and farther in tech and ideas. And you get you get introduced to these in a progression. And I think that's what got me into Europa Universalis such to the point that, you know, I got to my uh, – like the trade mechanics – are ridiculously complex, like unendingly complex in Europa Universalis. But I have a good handle on them because trade mechanics are really important when you play uh, colonization-based civs, which I do very commonly. Um, whereas I don't have a handle on the the electorate, I don't really get, uh, and I haven't gone too deep into playing Austria and being the um, uh, Holy Roman Empire electorate guy. Um, so I don't know. That is probably the best way that I can describe it. I felt much more daunted, uh, by the, the crusader. I, I definitely too. feel that. Cause like, like you said, 
you're in a viewer versus else, you know, all those systems are there from the beginning, but you don't really feel like you have to pay attention to them. But with, with CK, it's kind of like, well, if you want to do anything, you have to, like, have a claim on a piece of land. And how do you get a piece of claim? Well, you can send your diplomat over there to fabricate a claim, or they could be Muslims. You could be like, I hate Muslims, and grab it that way. Or you could, you know, uh, figure out how to link your fucking ancestry in such a way that says that that territory really should be yours and do it that way. And that's, like, minute one. And, like, as the minutes progress, it's like, shit, the guy I'm playing as, and I'm finally get- So, this is actually... You know, I, I love it, and I got behind it because I, I kind of got into, like, I guess the role play aspects. But when you're playing and you first start thinking, like, you're, you're getting the hang of it, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm getting good at Crusader Kings too. And then your regent dies and you're replaced with whatever schmuck you managed to, to, to bear while you were doing it, who doesn't have any of the shit that your old guy does. And, you know, through whatever arcane inheritance system uh, you, you've, you, you probably weren't paying attention to until this point happens. Um everything feels like you've, you've just lost a significant chunk of progress. And I think I, I, Hey, I'm, I totally get that from Europa Universalis and it is so much more downplayed in Europa Universalis because, uh, you know, like there's a little bit of that, but really at the end of the day, it's just kind of who's your leader, who's not your leader. And so, uh, you know, leaders just like a mechanics thing for people. Leaders have, um, an administrative score, a diplomacy score and a military score and you and these are really important because every month you gain that score amount um, as one of these three things power, which is a really big resource in the game, right? And so I have been so fucked by like, you know, I've had you know like a six six five regent, you know, ruler or whatever, and then I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of this war and we're doing, you know, and we're doing, oh, great, fucking wartime. And then he gets replaced with, like, a two zero zero, And you're just like, fuck. I, yeah. You know, like, everything completely unravels. Um, And I really, and honestly, I really like that because it also... In the in the, 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 that's kind of the outlier outcome. But in the median outcomes, you get a lot of things like, oh, this ruler is... 262, right? So for the next 70 years, I'm going to be really concerned with diplomacy because I just am going to have max diplomacy tech. Um, and I think that, that that really opens up kind of replayability and uh, the RNG-ness of, you know, playing a different run. This is the reason that I've been able to play Castile four or five different times in a row without getting bored of it uh, is because every time... I just, I'm I'm faced with I'm faced with radically different contexts to uh, the same you know set of start like start yeah no and I so so kind of get get back to my point this is even like like that that phenomenon is so much worse than worse in Crusader Kings two um, because in in European Universalis you kind of play the spirit of the nation right like like you. You are playing Austria and kind of like what that represents to everybody. Yeah. In Crusader Kings 2, you play as your king and his line. So, like, if your king, like, so, like, you know, your regent dies, you get a different region and his scores change. And that that could significantly fuck with how you're playing. But it doesn't, like, you know, overall, it, 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 uh, it, it's still relatively stable. When your regent dies, based on how um, how inheritance works for your particular country, which can change at a variety of times and has a bunch of different implications, you like 
your king, who owned like, you know, seven or eight territories, could hand it off to a region who, one, doesn't have like the, there's like a score for it, like the the kind of like, I'm going to call it like leader swag to control all of the the territories he has. And so your your peons could get uppity. You could be in a situation where like your brothers just get a piece of your territory. So you just straight up lose that. Um, you could like, you know, just be like completely and totally fucked by like, so you know how you said it sucks when like your six, five, six drops to two, zero, zero. Imagine if like the majority of the game's mechanics were based on that and you, and you, and you, uh, and you jump to a, a shitty air. It is, uh, it's, yeah. you know, and I, I, I think I can understand why you never got into it, but like when that first happens to you, you're like, oh my God, how do you ever do anything in this game? Cause I spent you, <laughs> fucking uninstall. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, like the first time it happened to me, I spent the majority of the second ruler's life just trying to sort out the problems that remained out of the, the first one, the first ruler's life. Um, Especially if, like, um, <laughs> one of the worst things is that, like, if, you know, if your leader is relatively uh, long-lived, then, like, your second leader probably is going to, like, be, like, 50-something when he inherits the crown. And then he doesn't have a lot of time to figure shit out. That totally, uh, that has fucked me before in Europa Universalis. The worst part, too, is because I, I you, like, you have a very limited set of ways to control how airs work. Um, but I, I've been fucked in runs because, like, you know, my king is 70, and then he dies and passes to his 50-year-old son who doesn't have an heir. And you're like... Well, shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, how do I, how do I force an heir to happen, right? And you just don't have like those options. And then that guy dies, and it's a war of succession. Just all of this bullshit. Um, I don't know. I, I, I love these mechanics, and I hate these mechanics in the same breath because I do think they keep they keep me on my toes. They keep things really interesting. interesting. I'm always really engrossed. I love it when this shit happens to my opponents. Right? right? Oh, like that, that. This kind of stuff hat like. I don't know. That that's it's. I don't. I don't know. It's it's tough. Honestly, Total War or Total War uh, also has a lot of mechanics like this uh, when it comes to you know like the Shogun or you know like your family in Rome or whatever. I th- th- this particularly sucks in Attila and Rome um, because you spend all of this time like getting you know General McBadass to like rank 10 or whatever and then he dies and then all of a sudden you have to replace him with a one star general who's just gonna get like shit stomped um that that is oh endless frustration endless frustration uh my my total my total war Attila run where I played as the Vikings uh which is awesome I really enjoyed that run I had a really badass, you know, like I had a really badass Viking fucking leader and uh, and I totally just got destroyed in this one offensive where I was wrecking this country and then my leader died and I didn't have the general, you know, I, I hadn't trained up a replacement general and so um, all of a sudden my army was in the field with no general and he got wrecked. Oh, it's, oof, it's brutal. Uh, but you know, it, that, you know, like that's the that's the that's yeah. The game. <laughs> no, that's, the games replay. Um, but I think it's because it's also really fun when I send my super powerful assassin and I assassinate their general and then attack while they don't have a new before they get the chance to nominate a new one. 
That's really fun. And that's really fun. Oh, that feels man. great. So, so you've uh, been talking about Rome, right? Rome two, I presume, right? Uh, yeah, that's Rome two, uh, and Attila, and honestly, Shogun. These all, these are all. So all back in the day, I yeah, used sure. to play a, a. This is how I'm obsessed I was with Rome one. I would play. I I I didn't get to play nearly as many video games as I do now because I had parents that were like, "You should do things that aren't video games." Um, and so I would play Rome 2, and then when I wasn't playing Rome 2, I had, from the box, the physical box, I had the map of the region, and I had the map of the region pinned up on my bulletin board in my room, and when I wasn't playing Rome oh, 2, man. I was planning out my offense, no. like, I had thumbtacks oh, in all gosh. of my, like, owned places, and I was like, and then I'll go here, and then here, and it's like, you know, planning out my, my strategies in my downtime, that way I could get right to the killing, or, you know, or, or the execution when it happened, but one of the things I did um, was uh, a central part of that game was was the was the the interaction with the Senate, um, and there was a faction that that stood in centrally called called SPQR that would had some special properties to it. But I I uh, I trained up some assassins, and at at some point I was like, oh man, if I can kill the head of the SPQR, then I never have to deal with them again, um, and so I just spent like. I, I assassinated, like, 40 different members of the SPQR. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I just, like, was, because they, they couldn't get you. I just stood there and kept assassinating them. They kept, like, I guess pulling from lower ranks of the family to fill the position. It never – I always kind of wanted, like, the, the – the, I thought the factory would just kind of, like, dissolve. No, it just kind of stood there, and I was – I remember being very disappointed because, like, you know, all – you know, I was like I, – I, I crafted this master plan and trained up these assassins and – it, you know, it's still the biggest thing was is that, uh, you know, game game AI being less sophisticated in that time than it is now. Um, it was a huge stack of units with a nice leader on the top of it. So even without the leader, it was still like, well, this is a big ball of units. And I don't know, did you ever play Rome One, buddy? No, I have never. Okay, played so uh, when Rome Two was gonna come out, I was like, the Rome One was on sale for five bucks. Like, oh man, I love this game. And I I had right before that played a bunch of uh, uh, a bunch of Shogun too. Um, it was like when I was when I was a kid, I would always auto resolve my battles. Was like, and then I started playing Shogun and I started doing the battles. I'm like, oh man, I need to go back and show Rome One that I'm that I that I'm going to make it its bitch because I can control these battles now. And I'm like, I get ready, I boot it up, play as my my favorite Sicilians. Get into the first battle, it's like, oh man, time to manually control this shit. I jump in, <laughs> and it's just, it's a fucking nightmare. Like, it controls so terribly. Like, I remember at the time when it came out, everybody was like, oh, this is such a perfect blending of real-time strategy and turn-based strategy. And looking back, I'm like, how did anybody ever play this game? Like, <laughs> like, it's like, like you tell people to, like, run inside the, the city, and you even have some of these problems now, but you'd be like, run inside the wall and like half the unit would get caught outside the wall and everybody would just stand there and like oh that is yep that's a real yeah problem. and so like it you, you i you know the the rule for that game the rule when i when i was a kid I was playing it was like build an overwhelming force and auto resolve the battle um couldn't do that against the spqr so i never i never actually never actually killed the spqr in room one I have, uh, I, I, you know, like, I do that sometimes, you know, like, where I auto-resolve battles against stuff I'm just, like, going to easily win. Uh, but I definitely do, like, play out a lot of battles. Oh, yeah, um, and in the modern games, Shogun, in, yeah, in the Shogun modern 2 games, going forward, yeah. it's, it's actually a lot of fun. 
I almost, I, I very, I, I get fucked a lot by my troops going from like fresh to tired. Instantly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause I'm, in, I'm, I'm issuing all these orders and then all of a sudden they're tired and they're getting absolutely shit stomped. Uh, I also don't necessarily have a super great, I don't really have a great handle on the mechanics of the battle system. Um, there are definitely some times where I'm just like looking at a unit and I'm like, why are you losing? Because, like, on paper, you shouldn't, but you're getting destroyed. I don't understand why. Um, I don't know. I, I do that uh, I do that uh, build an overwhelming force thing, uh, definitely. I also do that kind of thing where, um, you know, if the battle is... If, like, if the battle is close, I play it out, but otherwise, yeah. I'll, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I auto-resolve defenses on stuff that I'm just blatantly going to lose. Um, no, man, my, my favorite. Also, naval warfare, I'm garbage. I don't know how to do I, it. I, I'm really I, bad at it. I, I lose all the time. No I think what. the system isn't great. <laughs> I think that's why it wasn't in Rome 2, even though it was in Shogun 2. Um, and they're not having it in Total War, uh. Or Total Warhammer, rather. So, yeah, I think that this is that just needs a little bit of work. But honestly, uh, the the point that you brought up about how you just like went through and assassinated forty members of the SPQR, it really does put in stark contrast. I'm becoming more and more aware of this. Is like I'm you know growing up and being more of a cultured individual. How like kind of blatantly terrible my decisions are in some of these 4x games you know what i mean like when i play europa universalis and i just take over the entirety of the aztec empire for free because the aztec units are just militarily garbage um compared to my you know super powerful spanish units like yeah i'm basically committing genocide for 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 like in-game points because i'm a dick like you know I, I i am more consciously aware of the politics of these games than i was when i was a kid and i was blissfully oh ignorant. yeah no absolutely i remember it, actually the best the best example of this is in civilization call to power okay so civilization call to power there are a lot of different governments obviously um it's a lot like civilization three and uh democracy was such a pain in the ass because they would get really war they never wanted to fight wars and they would always get really uppity uh whatever wars were going on and so like yeah you get you get really good economic bonuses and like diploma oh and also production was garbage so i was always i went from like you know uh uh despotism to you know monarchy to theocracy a lot of the time randomly uh to fascism to uh I, it's this like and then and then it extended into the future right so it extended past the year 2000 all the way up to the year 3000 with all of this like crazy future stuff and there's a special kind of a government called technocracy uh, which is basically where the singularity exists, but it's terrible. It, like, humans become cyborgs, and the cyborgs are just slaves to this, like, central mainframe computer that is you, but it's the most efficient civilization possible kind of thing. So, like, you know, my my journey through civilization is was at the expense of the human rights of my, you know, of my constituents. But I didn't really no. give a fuck because I was 12 and I didn't understand. That reminds me of, like, the first games of Civ Four I played. It's like, I always was like, oh, yeah, democracy. We're going to go with that because that's the best way to do it. And then, like, th that game that I played with, with, with Danny, um, I was watching him and it's like, oh, yeah, you, you go to the one that gives you slavery and you just, like, you know, sack a pop and rush rush the things out super quick. And that's the way you win the game. It's like, 
It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to fucking sacrifice my goddamn slaves so I can get more stuff. Fuck you. I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It's a little bit less pronounced than later games. I don't know if that's, you know, by design. I hope it's by design. Um, Or, or, you know, just, uh, it's a little bit less balanced around those, like, particular mechanics. Like, well, if you're in this spot, you can rush things by killing people. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I always, I, I, I think that you're right. It, it's, it's fun to kind of look back on those things and be like, well, you know, I, I could go with my ideology or I could win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I, I honestly like the tension of it. I think it's, it makes for more interesting, um. I don't know. They like I, I like fighting myself in that way. Sometimes I like when I have to choose between, you know, because this happens in Europa Universalis a lot. Where it's like, are you going to be rough with the natives and execute a bunch of them, or are you going to deal with them nicely, right? And there's benefit, you know, like there's benefits to both, right? Like you can make it out of that both ways without much trouble. Um, it's just a matter of like. Okay, well, the play style I'm going for doesn't really care about having good, you know, like having good relations with natives isn't something that's beneficial to me. So I do have to make that decision. Like, am I willing to be moral at the expense of uh, winning the game? And I, it, I don't know. It's a, it's. Well, there are tough, moments uh, like that in CK2 as well. Um, beyond the like, well, there are some Muslims there, and I can call a crusade and get all my friends to come. Um, which is always kind of like, it's always like a hilarious. So it's like I'm, I'm gonna. Fucking go, go, like, go kill the Muslims in southern Spain. And you hit a button. It's like, do you want to call a crusade? It's like, yeah, let's call a crusade. And, like, you felt, like, the Austro-Hungarian <laughs> Empire riding across the plains to go kick the kick the Spanish Muslims' ass. Um, yeah. Um, yep. Yep. That. But the, yeah. the, other, the other thing is, like, you know, the thing is, like, it's like, oh, you got the opportunity to let females inherit. But my daughter, who's the eldest, is kind of a dumb bitch. So maybe I'll just stay with you. Know. <laughs> yeah. I'll just, just let my son inherit it. You know, maybe I'll just put his uh, put uh, ship his murderous younger brother off to the covenant, and we'll never talk to him again. You know that 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 kind of thing. Yeah, uh, that is. Yep, I've I've been there when it comes to Europa. I've been there when it comes to Total Warhammer. Total War. Um, Sometimes, uh, Jesus Christ, yeah, uh, yeah, I've been there when it comes to Total War, uh, when I, you know, assassinate children. Yeah. Like, you know, like, sometimes that's the right call. Or, or, you know, whenever you take a settlement, do you occupy, raise, or enslave? Yeah, yeah. uh, Uh, No one uh, was particularly bad about that, because the answer was almost always enslave. Like... Because oh, wow, Ray's geez. broke too much stuff and and Occupy left too much unhappiness in the city. And so I this is another like this is really like a little kid thing. It's like, oh, that's the best numbers and then like older it's like, Oh, you're not like I was always like, Why are they happier if I enslave them? It's like, Oh, because they don't get opinions anymore. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I actually think that's uh it's funny because um I'm I'm always an Occupy guy. I think that uh, – maybe this has been balanced out in the later games. But uh, I almost always do my best to Occupy. Though that has changed because they changed the raise mechanics uh, when it comes to – 
um, Attila. What it used to be was it was raise where you destroy everything, but they still had ownership of the province, right? There could there couldn't be no ownership of a province. Every pro- province had to be owned by somebody. It was just what state is that owned in? Uh, but in Attila, you can destroy, you can wipe a city off the map. And that province is now empty, right? So it's actually the most effective thing that I was doing strategically. Okay, by the way, the other thing is I was playing a I was playing a sieve that specifically benefited from burning shit to the ground, right? When I when I raised stuff, I got like fifty percent more gold than normal, or whatever the case may be. Uh, but the most effective strategy I had was to just sneak into somebody's. You know, like, we were fighting a war, and I just sneak in an army back there. And it's not even a super powerful army. It's not super strong or anything. It's just, and I just raise the fuck out of everything. You know, and I just, I did this once. Um, there was a, a period of time where I had three provinces. Um, I had, like, you know, like, Denmark and Swedenish kind of provinces. And I was up against the guy who owned... Uh, England, Ireland, and, and northern uh, and northern France, and that was how that was how I broke broke him, dude. I I declared war, and um, I threw out an army into kind of like you know uh, like the Netherlands ish area, and I kind of baited his armies into me. I was like, yeah, come on, come again, and I kept running and I kept retreating back until I was in my territory, and I had pulled th- I had one army and I had pulled three of his armies back uh, to Denmark. And meanwhile, I had a set of, uh, I had my fleet, my like huge stack of fleet was just running around England, raising everything. And so I just, it didn't matter that he had nine provinces and I had three because over the course of a couple of turns, well, now I have, you know, now you have five provinces and I have three but the core of your, you know, like the core of everything that is keeping your armies afloat has just collapsed from the inside. And I don't know. I like that strategy a lot. It was, it was a new thing for me in, because in Rome, in Rome, uh, you, you, I feel like are not pressured, but like the best way to play as Rome specifically yeah. is to occupy everything. A lot of these games have the kind of uh, the and, historical bias. Like you know, the best way to play Rome is as Rome would play Rome yeah. type of deal. Yeah. Um, though I do, I also am just like a wide player in general. In Civ Five, uh, I almost always go the communist idea, the order ideology, because it's built for wide play uh, as opposed to uh, freedom or whatever the military one is. Better called, red than dead. Are... Freedom every time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Yeah, but it's just because uh, you know, like I play, I play really wide. Yeah. That's how I like to play the game. That's actually not entirely true. I like to play, uh, I like to play like a like a pyramid kind of game, almost uh, in the sense of I tend to create a five or six city like chunk that is built very tall, right? Like as tall as tall can uh, can get, and then have lot, and then have like a very wide buffer zone kind of around that. Um, that's like my general strategy when it comes to civilization yeah, I, games. I'm kind of sad that in Civ 5 that Venice is so terrible because I actually really like the way that they play. Um, they're terrible in multiplayer, but aren't they? I mean, they're fine. I, I don't know. They're fun they're, in single player. They're fine player. in I've single player single because, player. you know, it's, it's, it's single player. And the AI just cheats. Yeah. But, like, so it, it, there are certain races that you or So um, in, in the Civ community, like, you can, like, most races are considered, like, some races are good, some races are bad, some places, races are super situational, like, um, like, Spain can be, ver- I think it's Spain, Spain's about the double wonder bonus, right? 
Double natural wonder. Yeah. So if you find a natural wonder, then you're fucking set. Um, but uh, yep. v- Venice is like the only race considered completely unplayable. It just puts you at such a disadvantage to not be able to freely build cities. Even though I thought it was a really neat mechanic and I loved and I, I adored it for like the single player stuff that I did with it. Um, uh, it just makes me so sad that it's, that it's so bad. It's so bad. Have you ever have you ever tried to play it multiplayer? Yeah, as Venice. It's it's no. it's. it's uh, I imagine yeah. it's garbage. I imagine it's terrible. I do like playing multiplayer. I don't like playing multiplayer. Um, I don't know. I don't like playing multiplayer in some of these games just because I like cooperative multiplayer than compared to competitive multiplayer. Uh, specifically, when it comes to friends, it really. I I hate. I hate beating up on my friends. You know nope. what I mean? I like even so even in a game. Wow, fine, be that way. Even in a game like uh, uh, like you know like League of Legends, where it is fundamentally a PvP game, it's actually on this axis. It's a cooperative right, right. game because I'm cooperating with my friends to beat random idiots, right? Um, and so, yeah, know. that's 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 fair. I mean, and, and hey, listen, if I'm being honest, there's nothing that feels better than you know playing an in-house and just like trouncing i I remember i played draven in an in-house once and i got like 15 kills like seven kills in lane kind of thing it's just you know that like that is gratifying but i do i feel bad at you know like i I never feel bad uh uh, gets uh, gets to me on the oh that that makes that 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 makes me so so hard (laughs) 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 that's that's my, my single favorite moment and i'm sorry if this brings up any bad memories but that remember that game where we, we stopped playing in houses for a while um oh man I, I think this is story time for the audience okay i'm i'm down for the story because i don't actually all right remember, so, so but, the first sure. thing that happens is is at this time we're, we, when we split out into in-house teams it was generally the tryhards versus the trolls the people who like to love playing straight on meta builds Versus the the team that love to play trolly shitty stuff, um, and so this is a set of two games. So the first game, the trolls are losing, and we're and we're losing hard, but we managed to hang on, and we're playing like this weird shitty split push comp. So um, we dragged the game out for like probably like you guys probably won it like twenty minutes, but the game ended at like sixty or seventy minutes, and you guys were. We're already a little bit, a little bit, a little bit steamed from that. And the next game, I don't know what happened, but we literally won every lane in the hardest way possible. And like, like you got, it was like 15 minutes and you guys just dropped out of the game. And then we didn't play in houses for six months. See, uh, so, okay. The thing about that is that those troll comps, like, it doesn't matter that it was you guys. It's just those troll cops suck oh do they and they just are uh, they're so unfun to play against but they are you know so what i mean like play. i mean maybe I, I i don't know i don't get i don't get as yeah. much satisfaction from playing those comps as you do oh, absolutely. Uh, but it's just one of those things where like when when i have a game one at 20 minutes but i we just like keep pushing and like bull you know like all this bullshit and it's only split pushing and we can never get these team fights to like you know like that's just a frustrating game right it doesn't really have have much to do with uh the in-housing that that frust those salty tears to me at least are all the more sweeter that i know who's crying them 
Uh, I mean, sometimes sometimes those salty tears are beautiful, uh, specifically against... Okay, so no, I'm not going to lie. There was an in-house where... I can't remember the context of it, but there was an in-house where – so for a lot of people who don't know, our in-houses, we pick teams like you would on, on like the gym, right? Where – like in PE class where you uh, – you know, like I pick Mango, I pick, you know, Charles, I pick whoever, right? And somewhere along the lines, Charles Duick, our friend, who is not great at the game, said that he was as good as I was in the mid lane. And he said, he said, and I don't, I'm not quoting specifically, but I'm basically quoting specifically by when he was like, when he was like, you know, I don't understand why Buddy gets first picked all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just as good as he is in the mid lane. And I was like, oh, oh, you fuck, you fucking, you fucking think that you stupid piece of shit. And like that game, that game, I went up mid against Charles Duick and I was playing Annie and, uh, and I'm pretty sure I got nine kills in lane against his, uh, <laughs> against his Velkos. And I was just sitting there. I was just like, yeah, yeah, fucking take that. You piece of shit. Think you're better than me. Like, you know, like that, that was probably one of the most gratifying in-house experiences I've ever had. But that was only because Charles, you know, specifically said something that like, you know, got to me in that way. You know what yeah, I mean? No, no, absolutely. I in a similar vein. Like w- one of my favorite wins was, uh, we had, we had 12 people. And so we had two people play as essentially coach. Um, and so it was it, like in, in the coach play, like, like as coach, we, we set up everything. Oh, I, remember I think it was this. me versus Enoch maybe. Yeah. It was and I Enoch. loved it. Cause like, I, I just, I could like see all the pieces falling into place and uh, sorry, buddy. But my favorite part of this piece was, was, you know, I knew that if I placed D against you, you know, D would win the matchup because that's what the type of thing he plays. It would thrust you out and it would cause your whole, your whole team to come crumbling down. And it worked and it worked so well. Yeah. No, that 100%, that 100% happens. I don't know. I like, I like certain oh, yeah. houses. I've had a bad time. With Absolutely. Other yeah. Um, I, I remember it. I, you know, it's always fun. It's, it's just, I don't know. It's always fun going nuts. Oh in yeah. An absolutely. Um, and, uh, but the, the, it's it's different because an in-house is 45 minutes and a Civ 5 game, to bring this back on topic in our last five minutes, I suppose, um, is hours and hours and hours, right? So I think that the rapid iteration, comparatively, uh, like relatively speaking, on these in-houses is part of what makes it successful um, compared That's to fair. Uh, League. Also, um, not not to pick on, on, on our friend... Uh, Charles, um, but um, in in terms of like uh, with with some games like Civ that are turn based, if if people aren't on, <laughs> if people don't know what they're doing and need time to learn what they're doing, it can get kind of frustrating. Uh, I think that's about it for our show, though, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we've covered uh, basically everything. I actually kind of like. Uh, I feel like we're going to go more in depth into this stuff as like games start coming out, like, you know, Total War Warhammer and uh, Stellaris, and we'll revisit some of these topics in the context of specific games in the future. But uh, for now, I guess we're done, yeah. right? Um, where is, uh, you can email us about your favorite strategy game at SomeDerpsPlayGames at gmail.com. You follow us at twitch.tv slash SomeDerpsPlayGames. Um, 
You can do a bunch of other stuff that I'll put in the description. You can comment on the SoundCloud thing and tell us what you think. Um, and uh, you can watch us play Hell's Rebels on when you can watch us play Hell's Rebels, Rise of the Rune Lords, and Shadowrun on Mondays and Wednesdays in various and sundry combinations. Um, and uh, maybe maybe we'll try and get a schedule up somewhere. Um, and try and tweet about it more frequently. But you should do that. Watch us play on Twitch. If you get behind, you can watch at least Hell's Rebels on YouTube. Um, and I think maybe we'll start putting up Shadowrun. Um, we'll, see, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, anything else you wanted to pimp, buddy? Nope. I think All right. Until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, farewell. <laughs>